Dusty, what's the one book you can always find in our car when we're on a trip? Honestly, Mike, it is usually a Moon travel guide. That's right. Moon is our favorite travel guidebook publisher because not only are they a source for ethical travel and the best ways to get away, but their books also are packed full of information on everything from sites to see, trails to hike, restaurants, and lodging, all from real authors who are local to the areas they're writing about. That's right. And we're so excited that this year we are again partnering with Moon Travel Guides. Ready to cross something off your travel bucket list in 2024? Have a lot of great ideas for trips, but don't know how to get started or keep your itinerary organized? Wherever your wanderings might take you or inspire you to go, Moon Travel has you covered. Moon Travel is the travel guidebook publisher for ethical travel. Don't spend months trying to craft the perfect getaway when you can do it all with Moon. Whether you're headed abroad, planning to take to the open road, or want to wander the trails of a national park, make sure to pack a Moon Travel Guide with you. Through the end of 2024, our listeners can get 20% off any Moon Travel Guide when they use the code GAZE20 at checkout. That's amazing. And that is code GAZE24, G-A-Z-E-2-4 for 20% off any Moon travel guide in Moon's entire library. And that is just for our listeners, and you cannot find that anywhere else. Be sure to visit Moon.com. Head to our show notes and check it out and see Moon's entire collection of travel guidebooks. Hello and welcome to Trail Mix by Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast. I'm Dusty. And I'm Mike. And um, welcome to Trail Mix in quarantine. That's right. Typically, we are together when we record these episodes. And unfortunately, we are living two weeks into, a little beyond two weeks into our self-imposed quarantines um, and also following the advice of our governor and our, you know, people that are in charge and putting out good messages to help public health. Um, So we are separately recording this using the wonders of technology to make this all happen. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Mike is in his home and I am in my home and we have various different apparatuses going in a lot of different directions in order to make uh, this uh, trail mix episode possible, but uh, we felt like it was important to create a trail mix episode about um, the National Park Service, the national parks, and their response to what has become COVID 19. Yeah. Um, you know, most of the times when we record our episodes, we record a lot in a row um, just because it makes it easier for us to kind of go through um, and make our recording process pretty seamless. But every now and again, and this is one of those times, there are issues that come up that are very important um, that relate to the national parks that we feel like it's really a good opportunity to stop and you know disrupt our schedule a little bit um, from what we had planned to really investigate and kind of explain what is happening. Um, we did something similar when we talked about the Joshua Tree problem when the national parks were closed um, a few years ago. Because of the government right, shutdown. Mm-hmm. We uh, record episodes well in advance. So we actually have a lot that we've already recorded prior to this quarantine that will go out on time as scheduled. We had a different trail mix scheduled to come out this week about the National Parks Foundation and all of the work that they do. And don't worry, you will hear that when that one will be released on our next uh, trail mix day. So um, 
No need to worry. We have lots of episodes coming up. And another reason that Mike and I are both quarantining separately and following the rules separately is so that we can both get to that 14-day point of quarantine so that we could, if we wanted to, come together and record more episodes, um, like, you know, with a safe six feet social distance. Yeah. So, yeah. So this is our new normal for right now. And it's very, very strange just for everybody. But for us, you know, every episode we've recorded, we've been in the same room. So here we are and we're trying something new. Speaking of new normal, Mike, um, tell us about how you're doing. What is your life like now currently in quarantine? Well, um, I have been doing all the house projects (laughs) that I can possibly get to. Um, So I'm a teacher. I teach in a middle school. We basically very swiftly went into online remote learning. I teach art. So it's especially interesting for how this is happening. For the last two weeks, basically, I've been monitoring an online classroom during kind of normal school day hours, putting up assignments. I've actually been videoing myself and putting those up into a Google Classroom for my students to be able to see what's going on. It's very different from regular teaching. I actually think it's more difficult for a variety of reasons. I very much so miss my classroom and my students and just being able to kind of say, um, I'm, I live alone. My parents are not all that far. So we've been able to like see each other at a distance um, because I want to keep them safe. It's been a lot of walks. A lot of like hour long walks, Um, a lot of, like I said earlier, doing house projects for material that I have at home um, so I don't have to go out and get anything. And just a lot of talking to Dusty. (laughs) And how about yourself? How has quarantine life been treating you? Quarantine is going okay. I've certainly gotten deeply in touch with them. I recently moved into this apartment that I'm in now, and so I'm definitely learning all of the corners and all of the crannies of the space. And I'm also doing a lot of projects and, you know, keeping busy. I have um, work that I'm doing remotely, which um, has been good. I've had some time to do some writing, also some time just to do catch up on some sleep, which has been nice. And then trying to get outside and go for walks, you know, like it's starting to get pretty outside here and like warm and It's always nice when, you know, you can enjoy the weather. So I'm trying to do that. I'm also trying not to doom scroll because, oh my God, it's so easy to doom scroll. And I'm sure for you, it's a little trickier to get outside just because you are in a city. And so you really have to like think about that social distance factor. Whereas I'm like in a neighborhood that's like a little bit more suburban. So I can kind of avoid people on walks, whereas like a city can be more bustling. Yeah, I will have to, I do have to say this, uh, the city I'm in is less bustling at this time, which is good. Um, But yeah, uh, it's very easy to just fall into the, um, you know, the doom and gloom of the situation. And I am really trying Mm -hmm. to, you know, like uh, not think about that right now and think positively and, and look toward the light. Right. As it were. Yeah, I think we're all trying to do that. It's it's yeah. very hard. After two weeks, I'm kind of like, I know that for me, like work is, you know, remote till at least the 
end of April, but I'm I'm going to say it's probably May. There's so many schools across the country that have like floated the idea of not coming back until after summer break. I really do like miss that day-to-day interaction. It's it's not the same virtually by any means. So yeah, by the time this is all over, whether it's, you know, another 3 weeks or another 3 months, like I will never want to spend time at my house ever again. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's going to be everybody. Right. Right. I think we're all going to make like our um, friends over on the Parklandia podcast and sell our places or release us ourselves from our leases and buy RVs and just go. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yeah. In light of, you know, quarantine, uh, each night we have been doing Jeopardy live on our story on our Instagram. Right. Um, It's been a great way for us to like collaborate creatively still. Like Dusty said at the beginning, we've had some episodes that are in the can and ready to go. But we thought as a way to also just offer some levity to the situation because everybody's at home. This would be a fun thing to do. So for the past two weeks for 10 days, because we're not doing this on the weekends, we have been doing some stories of Jeopardy. So originally, we started just storying back and forth because the both of us have access to the Instagram account. And then the last two nights, we've actually been doing um, Instagram Live, which has been a lot of fun. And it actually goes a lot quicker. So for the first parts of our Jeopardy, I was following the theme of American Horror Story. And uh, Dusty, what were you doing? I was doing um, movies by Amy Adams, because um, I love love Amy Adams. Obviously, we talk about her all the time on the podcast. I talk about her all the time on the podcast. They were not about those films, but the titles of the films inspired categories. Right. Same thing with the uh, seasons of American Horror Story inspired categories. But it's been yes. it's been fun. We actually had um, someone from the Grand Tetons, uh, an yes. engineer uh, who's in who's a ranger. He's the park ranger. Yeah, his but name, he's an engineer. Yeah, he's an engineer. Yeah, but he is also like he works for the NPS. That's mm-hmm. right. And he's not necessarily a park ranger, but he works for the NPS. He lives in the Grand Tetons. Right. His name is Juan, and he um, because okay, so. When we started doing Jeopardy Live um, on the story, it was like, I would record one, you would record, and then we would just go back and forth mm-hmm. recording like moments on the story. And then we were like, let's just go live and do it live. And um, I th- I love it when we do it live. I think that's way more yeah, fun. Yeah, because it's more conversational like it is right now, as opposed to like, you know, exactly long spans of time and hour-long recording sessions. <laughs> God, it would take an hour yeah. to do yeah. those things. Yeah. And then by the end of it, you would be this negative Nancy who's like, I'm so tired. Because I am. And I have to go to... <laughs> and always. I know you are. I know you are. And yeah, because um, we don't just have Jeopardy like categories that are just written. We write new ones every single time. Right. So... So Um, tune in. So yeah. And if you want to know what time we're live, we always post it in our story that day to let you know. It's usually sometime between seven and nine is typical. Yeah. 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 And it only lasts about 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Unless we have guests, like one. That lasts Unless we have guests who... So we went live for... It was the second time we were going live. And then uh, Juan was like, well can I jump on? And it was, we were both like, yeah, come on. And so he told us all about what was happening over at Grand Teton mm-hmm. and got, to, he got to show us a little bit of the Tetons, yep. which was really nice. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about what today's trail mix is about, which is how the national park service is responding to COVID-19. Now, um, 
we want to start by saying we are not the Center for Disease Control. We will not be telling you anything about this virus, how to respond to it, information about it, any of that you can, any of that information that you would like, you can go to cdc.gov and you can get all of the most up-to-date information from them. But we are going to talk about how the National Park Service is responding to Mm COVID-19. They have a special spot on their website, nps.gov. And um, they say that the NPS coordinates closely with the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, state and local public health authorities, and the Federal Emergency Management Agency. The MPS is taking extraordinary steps to implement the latest guidance from state and local public health authorities, which support the CDC's efforts to promote social distancing and slowing the spread of COVID-19. The MPS is modifying operations until further notice for facilities and programs that cannot adhere to that guidance. Where it is possible to adhere to this guidance, outdoor spaces will remain open to the public and entrance fee free. The NPS Office of Public Health and U.S. Public Health Service officers assigned to the NPS are closely monitoring the situation and keeping staff informed, relying on the most updated data and information from the CDC, Office of Personnel Management, and state and local public health authorities. The NPS is focused on ensuring employees, their families, volunteers, and visitors are safe by following the most current guidance from the CDC, OPM, OEM, and other federal, state, and local public health authorities. That is the official word from the National Park Service. Right. So that brings up kind of many interesting things just as far as the the progression of things with the parks in the past week or two. There was really a lot that was happening. A lot of information was coming out. And I think similar to everybody else, things were rolled out in an appropriate way. Um, sometimes maybe a little slower than would have been expected. But most of the time, there was an appropriate level of response to what was happening. So for example, what seemed to be happening is what Dusty said is that most of the parks were kind of staying open to begin. And then as we started to follow the Instagram stories for things and started to follow Instagram posts for the park specifically, you started to see a lot of the park system calling out a lot of people. Oh, the SAS was real. Right. The SAS was real. Specifically, I noticed with um, Shenandoah, Mm -hmm. they took a photo of the parking lot for... Old Rag. It wasn't even the lot. It was the street, like, on, like, outside the lot. And they posted it on their Instagram, and they were like, this is not social distancing, y'all. And after that, they closed Old Rag. They closed that trail. Right. The same with Angel's Landing in Zion. Right. They took a photo and they were like, no, y'all, this is not social distancing. Angel's Landing, it's a trail that we talk about on episode 10. That is a trail that requires you to get on chains to go up to the final leg of that hike. Or if you don't even do the chains, you're still on some pretty narrow switchbacks for a number of miles. And so it's really kind of impossible to properly social distance on that trail. Unless... Right. 
you and someone else are going all the way up and then all the way back and no one is coming back, which that's not going to happen. Right. Not with that trail. There are too many people on it. That's not possible. Yeah. So that that seemed to start to be like even Seguro, I, I did see something posted there where there was just like a ton of people parked. And I think a few things happened. People were suddenly on remote work. Or a lot of people, you know, unfortunately, this has started to sweep through many industries, um, whether it be blue collar or white collar. I just read an article from the Washington Post about how white collar workers are starting to be affected as well with layoffs. You know, a lot of people have been either furloughed, laid off, you know, asked to take extended leaves. So people were suddenly finding themselves with a lot of time on their hands. And if they didn't have to be at a desk, or if it was the weekend, and they were working remotely, and that didn't seem to be, you know, something they needed to do on the weekend, they were finding themselves with time. If they live near a national park, we all want to get outside. You know, being cooped up in the house in quarantine, there have been some rainy, crummy days in New Jersey for the both of us over the last two weeks. And, you know, the days where there's sunshine, that's all I want to do is be outside. So everybody had the same bright idea. Let's go to a national park. And unfortunately, like Dusty was saying, is you can't be socially distant in some of those places. Now, granted, there have been plenty of hikes that you and I have been on where we've seen absolutely no one, you know, where it's been desolate. Yes, of course. Like um, Mount Camerer. Right. We almost saw no one on the Delicate Arch hike, though I'm sure there are plenty of people on the Delicate Arch hike and Arches. Right. There have been a number of times where we haven't seen anybody. So, but that's just not realistic now. <laughs> it's not realistic now. No. Here is the other thing. Here is the other thing that... Um, is really the main concern here. So like, for instance, if you decide to hop a cheap flight to Moab, which is in Utah, to go to Arches or to go to Canyonlands, it's like, you're going to have to stay in Moab. Right. Which means you're now another person in Moab Moab, using all the resources that Moab needs. So that's you also are going to their grocery stores and you also are going to their essential uh, places of business. Right. And now using their resources. And it's like that community of people that live in Moab depend on those resources. Right. I think the bigger issue, and this is something that we saw too from Patagonia, who um, is someone that is a big hiker and a big supporter of the parks as well, um, is someone on Instagram that we follow. Patagonia. Sorry, Patagonia. One of the issues that they presented was the fact that if I need a ventilator, or if I come into this community and I happen to be you know, carrying this virus, this is a small community that doesn't necessarily have the means to basically for a hospital to take on hundreds of patients, or there's only maybe three ventilators in this county. And what if I get someone sick? Like it's, it was a moral dilemma, I think. And I think that a lot of people, I don't think there was any malicious intent by any means to go out and hike because again, we all want to be outside. I think it just was a lack of thinking because I think one of the things that this virus has really done is it's humbled people in a lot of ways. in the fact that there's no way to see what's actually happening as far as whether you're sick or not. You may incubate for a long time. You may be asymptomatic. There are a lot of things that could then affect somebody else. So I think in the infancy of this 
crisis, this pandemic in the United States, people weren't really thinking in that way. They didn't switch their brains, at least from this perspective of the national parks goes anyway. This is definitely a circumstance that's like, I have been saying, you know, the world was a different place last week. The world was a different place the week before that. So Mm -hmm. I think we're all sort of, you know, shifting our way of thinking around these things. And I think, and we're all coming to, you know, different checkpoints on that journey at different times. Yeah. So many of the national parks now you're about to tell us um, have, you know, various updates now, but that is in response to just like, okay, yeah, this is public land that is available to us, but it can't be available to us if like, it's going to cause a large gathering. Right, right. Um, So this is, uh, I found a really great article from Forbes that was published on March 27th. We're recording, it's the 28th right now. So this is very fresh information. Basically, initially, uh, this administration's job was to not call to shut down those 62 national parks. However, it is happening on its own, despite the fact that there has not been called for a general shutdown of all the national parks. As of right now, seven of the 10 most visited national parks are closed around the country health officials are calling for more national parks to shut down. Last week, Utah's health department asked for the closure of arches and canyonlands. There's also been some requests by the Navajo Nation for federal officials to shut down the Grand Canyon because there are cases of COVID-19 growing in those surrounding areas, but that has been to no avail um, just yet. There are major concerns too when it comes to, you know, aside from closures and aside from public health, if you're trying to visit a national park, where are you going to stay? That has been a gigantic issue because basically most of the lodges at this point and campgrounds are going to be closed. Um, There's not a lot of spaces for people to stay. If you're um, someone that RVs, our friends at Parklandia just did an episode on RVs in that community and how this pandemic is affecting them. As far as our top 20 most popular national parks, I'm going to just go through a few and kind of tell you what's going on. You can find information on the park's website, the park's Instagram. They are really good. I will say this about the NPS, you know, hands down. They are great at sharing information. You've found a treasure trove of information so many times when we're looking to do research about an episode, Um, not just, you know, public health and, and you know, closures. That's the one thing when we've been in hiking in parks before, like when we were out at Kings Canyon and Sequoia, you know, they always had information, up-to-date information about their closures, or you could call in. Um, So they're, you know, they are pretty up-to-date on the health and safety of the visitors. Yes, they are. And this is no exception. So some information on some of the parks. So for Great Smoky Mountains, all park areas except the Foothills Parkway and the Spur are closed through April 6th. Now, this is as of right now. Um, Who's to say? I think everybody is playing this all by ear. So closures could definitely be extended. You heard what I said about school districts across the country. There's no way to know what is happening as far as winning goes here with this virus. Flattening the curve is obviously the thing that we want to do. But even countries like China, they have been very wary about travelers coming back in. They don't want this to explode again. There's a whole slew of things that we could really move through and talk about that we're not going to get into because it deals with 
with politics, and we're not here to do that. Here's some other information about other parks. Um, the Grand Canyon, the park is open with limited services and entrance fees are waived. The park lodges are closed. Some campgrounds and trails have been closed. And that's what we did see, too. Like, like I was saying earlier, I think, Dusty, the progression of things was the parks are all open. Okay, now we're shutting down essential services in the parks. Visitor centers, bathrooms, things like that started to close. Now we're starting to see the trickle effect of like specific parks fully closing. Rocky Mountain, the park has been closed since March 20th. So the entire park is closed. Um, Zion, the park is open. Entrance fees are waived. waived. Like I just said, most park facilities and services are closed, including the Angels Landing Trail, campgrounds, visitor centers, Zion Lodge, and the shuttle service. This is only as of, you know, the 27th. So... Uh, by the time we publish this on the 31st, this uh, may be updated. Yeah. Um, Yosemite, the park has been closed since March 20th. Yellowstone, the park has been closed since March the 24th. Acadia, um, the park has been effectively closed since March 26th. Teton, so Teton and Yellowstone are basically Teton is a gateway to Yellowstone, so they closed the same day, the 24th. Olympic has been effectively closed since March the 24th. Glacier, I believe, is about to close, like is fully about to like close. The park is open and entrance fees are waived as of right now, but I did just see something. I forget exactly where. I think it was Instagram that was saying that Glacier is about to also close. And, you know, there are plenty of other parks that are listed here. You know, some of the other ones that we've been to, Cuyahoga Valley, the park is open and entrance fees are waived. Visitor centers are closed. All programs are canceled. Sequoia and Kings Canyon have been closed since March 25th. Arches, the park is open and entrance fees are waived. Visitor centers and rangers programs closed or canceled. Um, No backpacking permits. Shenandoah, the park is open and the entrance fees are waived. Appalachian Trail huts, shelters, and cabins are closed. Most trails are open. Visitor centers and restrooms are all closed. Backcountry is closed to overnight camping through April 30th. And Hawaii Volcanoes has been closed since March the 22nd. So while, okay, technically speaking, there are some parks that are open. And like, technically speaking, there are some places where one could be in some of those parks and practice social distancing. However... I would certainly argue that now I don't know that you would get your full national park experience by visiting a national park at this time. Because really what gets to the heart of these spaces is the fact that we can all gather there together. Right. And we can all bask in the beauty that has been preserved and the work that the National Park Service is doing to preserve it. And we can't do that right now. We can't actually gather there. That is why we are certainly practicing the staying home rule. You know, something we would encourage everyone else to do too. Speaking of practicing the staying home rule, the last trip that we took together was to Shenandoah in November. And uh, we talked a lot about what we wanted our calendar to look like for this year. And because we're both educators and we both usually sp- share a spring break, 
the plan was to go to Florida and do the Everglades, Dry Tortugas, and Biscayne, along with a quick trip to Disney in two weeks, uh, starting April the 4th. And that trip has effectively been canceled. That trip is canceled. Yeah, that trip is canceled. Because I think most of the Florida parks are closed at this point. Also, the Disney World parks are closed indefinitely. They had a date, but they decided to just get rid of the date and say indefinitely. Right. I don't want to go to those parks now. Not a time to travel. No, not a time to travel. No. Also, those parks in Florida are like you have to gather with people in order to experience them. Right. Like oftentimes on boats, like you have to take a boat to dry tortugas. You do need to take a boat around Biscayne. Biscayne is mostly water. So it's like, no, even if they were open and it would be breaking the rules, one, we don't want to break the rules because we Because want... we're girls that follow the rules. <laughs> because we are girls that follow the rules. That's right. Because I travel with Sister Rulebook over here. You know and it. And that's right. However, There are some really amazing, unbelievably beautiful ways to virtually experience the national parks. Google Arts and Culture has virtual tours of many of them, including the Dry Tortugas, uh, Grand Canyon, Anacapa Island, Mount Rushmore, and like so many of them. Literally, there is a section of Google Arts and Culture called The Hidden Worlds of National Parks. I have clicked through so many of them, and they're just gorgeous. And so I would encourage everybody to like go, you know what? I want to take a minute, and I want to go to a national park in Alaska. Guess what? You can. And you can like say like, yeah, I do want to see this glacier melt over time. And like, there's so many interactive ways. So use your technology to inform yourself. Similarly, something else that the um, National Park Service on their website has a link to on their COVID-19 page, a link to many of the webcams that they have set up in national parks so you can watch wildlife. Oh, that's cool. Now, I did click on a few of the, like, they have, like, peregrine falcon nest and a bald eagle nest. And, like, you are right up in that nest. But <laughs> you cannot see that there you were no birds. right up in that nest. <laughs> you are. But um, I could not see any birds when I clicked on it. However, they have, and this this was my favorite thing. They have one um, for bears. They have these bear cams that are set up in Katmai National Park in Alaska. It's Katmai National Park and Preserve in Alaska. And um, if you click on it, it'll bring you to this place called explore.org. And they have literally, it's three hours of highlights of bears in the river. Oh. And it is so wonderful. And I highly recommend everybody go there and check that out because I absolutely loved it. And I think that everybody will too. Um, And there are lots of like different spots in Katmai National Park that you can check out to see what the bears are up to. So one other thing is right now during this time, obviously small businesses are hurting and this is a time where businesses that depend on foot traffic aren't getting those. So when the world has opened back up and when we are all heading back to those national parks, I would encourage everyone to patronize those local outdoor stores 
near those national parks. So if you need new boots or if you need a new tent or new poles or new anything, rather than trying to stock up on it through Amazon right now, go to that park and buy it at the local store because those people I know will need the business. All right, Mike, let's end this trail mix with a game. Great. So this is more of a little bit of a Mythbusters game um, when it comes to our our virus COVID-19. Not that it's ours, but everybody's experiencing it. And this is information that's directly from the World Health Organization from their website. So Dusty, I'm going to basically make a statement and you have to tell me whether that statement is true or false. And then I'll read a little bit of information for you. Okay, great. The new coronavirus can't be transmitted in areas where it's hot and humid. Is this fact or is this fiction? Fiction. Yeah, it's totally fiction. So from the evidence so far, this virus can be transmitted in all areas, including areas with hot and humid weather. Doesn't matter if you're living in a warmer climate. This is something that affects everyone, no matter the climate. So same thing, cold weather and snow cannot kill the new coronavirus, which is a true statement because obviously climate is not as far as they know right now on March the 27th, 2020, weather does not affect the virus that may totally change. There have been a lot of things floated. Will it be like a flu where in the hotter months, you know, the coronavirus will subside? That is not information that is currently um, truthful or anything that has been peer-reviewed or tested. Or known at all. Yeah, or known at all. Okay, fact or fiction. Taking a hot bath prevents the coronavirus disease. Fiction. Right. Um, taking a hot bath it will not prevent you from catching COVID-19. The best way to protect yourself is by frequently cleaning your hands. By doing this, you eliminate viruses that may be on your hands and avoid infection that it could occur by touching your eyes, mouth, or nose, or other mucous membrane areas. Fact or fiction, the coronavirus can be transmitted through mosquito bites. Fiction. It is. It's totally fiction. All right. Um, there has been no information at this point on March 27th, 2020 um, that suggests that the coronavirus could be transmitted by mosquitoes. And that's the case for, you know, there are some other viruses out there where that is also the case, where mosquito bites cannot actually transmit. Spraying alcohol or chlorine all over your body will kill the new coronavirus. Fact or fiction? Fiction. Yeah. Spraying alcohol or chlorine will not kill viruses that have already entered your body. And they can also, alcohol and chlorine can be incredibly harmful for your skin or your mucous membranes, which are your eyes and your mouth, and among others. They can be used to disinfect surfaces, but those surfaces do not include your body. So please do not spray your body with alcohol or chlorine. Or wipe yourself down with a Clorox wipe. No, 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 no. And that is our fact or fiction about the coronavirus. From the World Health Organization. Okay, now we're going to go back and forth and do a personal fact or fiction about ourselves during quarantine. Oh, okay. Okay, fact or fiction, I have started watching Tiger King. Fact. Yes, fact. Yes. But probably only as of today or last night, because we talked about it we when did, we watched we The did, Craft. Because we, we had a Zoom meeting of a bunch of people and we watched The Craft together. Right, which is great. I which recommend. Great. And then last night, or last week, we watched Forrest Gump. Right. So you started Tiger King last night, like everybody else in the world? 
I did. I watched the first episode and um, yo, it's it's really it's the content I'm craving right now, frankly. Mm-hmm. I think it's the content we're all cra- craving right now. Yep. Okay, great. It's your turn, fact or fiction. Great. Fact or fiction. During the coronavirus, I've used the stick and poke method to give myself three small tattoos on my toes. I pray to God that's fiction. (laughs) I've never done a stick and poke tattoo. Poke tattoo. (laughs) Okay, thank God. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. No, No, girl. That's not okay. That's like the equivalent of cutting your own bangs. Mm -hmm. Which a lot of people have had to do. Actually, I think it's worse. I think it's worse. No, no, no. Cutting your own bangs isn't as bad as giving yourself a tattoo during (laughs) No, 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 mm-hmm. no. Fact or fiction, I have made iced tea every day during quarantine. Fact. That is correct. Fact. Yes. It's part of my morning routine. I wake up, I boil a pot of water, and then I make a pitcher of iced tea. I boil a container of iced tea. <laughs> and I drink all of that tea all day long. <laughs> Fact or fiction, I have I have put my rainbow bodysuit on at least one time during this quarantine. Absolute fact. And there's proof of it. On no. Your, that wasn't, you, that mm-hmm. wasn't recent? If you read the caption. Was that an old video? Mm-hmm. See, I thought your beard... You were quarantined I thought delirious. your beard looked a little shorter. <laughs> but I was also like, I wouldn't put it past you to like... Right, because this is my get life. Get into your body but no, that's and just make fiction. a weird video. I actually don't know where it is right now. I should probably dig around. Because it is your life. <laughs> It's hanging next to my cape in my closet <laughs> for dress up. Fact or fiction, I have crocheted everything during quarantine. Including new toilet paper. It's fact. <laughs> Including new toilet paper. <laughs> it is true. I have, I have, I'm actually running out of yarn at this time and I won't be able to get any more. And so that'll just be it. And that's fine. Maybe I'll undo and re-crochet things. Mm. I, doubtful. I doubt it. No, I'm not going to be doing that. And my final factor fiction, factor fiction, I have fully tilled and planted my entire vegetable garden for the spring. Well, I know you've been doing a lot of yard work, and so I wouldn't put it past you to have done it, but I don't know if it's done yet. I don't know if you finished it fully. You might have like given yourself some work for next week, so I'm going to say fiction. It is fiction. I haven't actually. That's the one area of my yard I haven't done yet. That is what I'm saving for this week. And I have to see how I'm going to get some seeds. I might have to like do a Home Depot trip, but I'm really trying not to be out in the world. But I would like to plant. So we'll see. So we'll see. My final fact or fiction. You are the Tiger King. (laughs) (laughs) Fact or fiction. I have played a Melissa Etheridge song live on the ukulele over Skype. Uh, fact. Yes. Yeah, we fact. did karaoke together. We did that together. Yeah, I had to really dig there. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's good to see your face, it's as always. always good to see your face. But from afar. Mm-hmm. So everyone, this has been real fun. This has been real fun. And we say to everyone... Stay home. Yeah, please stay home. Don't go out unless you need to. And hopefully it's only to the grocery store if you need to. But look and seeing if there's delivery options. I know that's like a very backed up option right now. But just do your part and flatten the curve. And if you're hiking, hike responsibly, as always. Um, And there are a lot of great state and local parks that one could potentially go out in. There are beautiful local green spaces. But please do your part to be away from other people. 
Exactly. Unless it's someone that you're quarantining with, and then that's fine. But yeah, do your part, folks. Flatten that curve. Do your part. This has been Trail Mix by Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast. And we're here to remind you to stay home early and stay home often. And that adventure will still be out there. Gaze at the National Parks was created and is hosted by Dustin Ballard and Michael Ryan. All original music was written by Dave Seaman and performed by Dave Seaman, Mariella Klinger, and Sean Sklios. Our music producer is Skylar Fordgang. All original artwork on our website and on Instagram is by Michael Ryan. To see images from the National Parks spoken about on this podcast, follow our Instagram at Gaze at the National Parks, and you can contact us at gaze at the national parks at gmail.com or you can visit our website gaze at the national parks.com this episode was edited by dustin ballard tune in next week to our full episodes about channel islands national park